Hey, ever wonder what it would be like to live in fear of bullies and serial killers at the same time in the happy, fun-loving 70s? Well, that's what we'll find out when we talk today about the Black Phone. Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is Brad Paulson. Today we're going to be talking about the Black Phone. Uh, the Black Phone was directed by Scott Derrickson, who also did a fantastic... Well, he did the Doctor Strange 2. He also did a really fantastic movie called Sinister. I remember seeing Sinister in the theater. Uh, this low-budget like theater in North Hollywood, they had like dollar movies. It was like a dollar fifty or something on Tuesdays. And so they're always packed, and it would always be like... Kind of a sketchy crowd. Um, so this mom takes like her three or four year old into the movie, and the movie Sinister, of course, is about uh, Ethan Hawke is is a writer, tormented kind of Shining style sort of setup. There's all these. He's a true crime writer, and there's this true crime that happened at the place, and he goes up in the attic, and there's all these basically snuff movies that he's watching. And when you're watching the kids getting spawned, about all these kids getting killed. It's freaking horrifying and it's scary too. It's it's disturbing and it's creepy and it's legitimately scary. And it's the sort of thing that if you're a little kid and saw it would just scar you psychologically for a for a while. Um especially if you're not familiar with that kind of stuff. So parents of course aren't thinking about that kind of things when they they're all, it's just like the mom's probably just like, ah, it's a dollar fifty movie. I'll take the kid out for some cheap entertainment. So <laughs> so the kids like crying during the movie. Because there's all these murders happening, and we're basically watching snuff shit. Uh, the, the things that are, well, the way that they authentically, well, the way that they make it look like it's this this snuff footage is pretty, comes across as pretty authentic. So the kid's looks like scared out of his mind. And then the mom's like, ah, oh, I can't believe these people are making these terrible movies that I'm taking my kid to. What kind of an animal would make this? And then she brings her kid out into the aisle. The kid's like crying, but she brings out her kid. She's like, okay, maybe I'll take the kid out so that he'll stop crying and stop bothering people. And she just sits, stands there in the aisle with the kid as the kid's crying. And then she sits back down. Like, what are you doing? And the kid cries again because there's murders happening constantly in this movie and creepy shit happening constantly in this movie. So after standing up, sitting back down about five times, finally, and then once it got so extreme... I mean, I don't know, like, all these ways of watching people getting killed. The mom's finally like, ah, you know what? When the guy was killed in this way or this way or this way, that didn't really bother me that much. But this is a kill that we haven't seen before. That's the last straw. Damn it. We're getting out of here. And she stands up, and her and the kid are still holding the kid's hand while he's screaming still, crying. And still watching it like she doesn't want to miss any of the movie. It's like, lady, lady, leave the kid at home. Go see this movie by yourself or run it on video when the kid's not there. So she finally figured this out and finally left. But anyways, that's the sort of impact it would have had on me when I was a little kid. So he makes so Scott Derrickson makes something effectively as creepy as Sinister with the black phone. Here's the things that I really dug about this movie. Whether they recreated the 70s was fantastic. Uh, you buy it all the way through. The Probably the strongest part of the movie is the kid actors are really, really good in this. They're very believable. They're... Emotions are believable. Nothing seems like it's forced. It's a pretty. I mean, you're into you're into it all the way through. So the the setup of this movie is you know this kid and his sister. They have this bond. Uh, they grow up and they're tormented by all these bullies around them. They live in kind of like this little quasi 
suburban area, but like the dad is struggling financially. He's blue collar and he's drinking vodka all the time and he's pissed and he doesn't want the kids to get near. The dad, uh, played by Jeremy Davies, who played uh, Manson in at least one movie or TV series. Uh, great actor. He's always like very kind of grizzly looking and. He's got that like that that druggy look, that blue collar druggy look going on. He's got that going on well. Uh, so the kids are walking on eggshells around their dad. They're walking on eggshells around the bullies at school, and now there's a guy who's a serial killer in town called the Grabber, who drives around in a van with black balloons hanging out of it, and wears all these different masks to convey his different emotions. And that's played by Ethan Hawke. Uh, fantastic. Ethan Hawke does an amazing job in this movie, as well as, as do all the kids in this movie. But the tone is consistently serious and creepy throughout. And they make, and uh, this is a Blumhouse movie. And sort of like, you've got to imagine that, like, Sinister is probably made on a $5 million budget. This is probably like a, that, it's kind of hard to say anymore because Blumhouse always used to do like the $5 million budget movies. But now they do. Sort of higher budget ones if he thinks he's going to make money off of it or if he knows it's going to go to the theater. It does a lot of the things that Blumhouse movies do well. They have like one, uh, at least like one star that's very recognizable, which is Ethan Hawke. And it's like, and he's perfect for this part. And what's also great is that it's a total non ego sort of thing for Ethan Hawke because he wears a mask throughout the entire movie. There's maybe a glimpse where you see him without his mask but most of the time it's covered up completely he's always wearing different masks to convey different kinds of emotions or different kinds of moods that he's in but this grabber uh serial killer who goes after all these kids he abducts kids and he takes them to this room and there's these rules they have to follow so when the hero of our story i think his name is finney uh, so when he's captured, basically, you know, he has all these other stresses that he has to worry about, the bullies, his dad. Now he gets thrown into, and just like the bleak sort of attitude of the worldview around him, does not seem like anybody's like having a real good time or being happy. Uh, not traditionally what you see in like the happy 70s kind of stuff. I mean, this must have been before uh, Superman came out to lift their spirits or Star Wars came out to lift their spirits. So when the kid gets abducted, uh, something strange happens. He gets a call, and the call is from basically like the ghosts of the kids that have been murdered before by this guy, the grabber. So they give him all these rules to find clues so that he can try and get out of there and escape, be the only one that makes it out of there. You know, the the premise for it is, is great and it's unique. It sort of doesn't make any sense because why would they just show up at random times to call him? Uh, why would they just give him clues as opposed to actually just tell him what to do to get out of there? You know, but then you wouldn't have like a feature length movie otherwise. And they seem to like, sometimes they materialize, sometimes they don't. It's a lot of that ghost story stuff that doesn't make any sense. But if you suspend your disbelief and get into it and the, the rest of the movie does such a good job of pulling you into it because of the way that they recreate the seventies, because of, how serious the tone is and effectively creepy it is and all the things that they get right about it. And once the movie gets going, you're just, you're in with it for the ride and it just gets, it's very like the way that it builds the tension is fantastic. And it just does it consistently through the movie. And there's really no fat on this movie at all. It's kind of just plot point to plot point, And they do like the essential character stuff, but they don't bypass a lot of the character work on, on the, the main kid, Finney and his sister. Uh, so they do a lot of, 
really good work on that stuff. And then they leave Ethan Hawke's character very mysterious, which is which is perfect. I think that's what you want for a villain in this case. But yeah, there were moments in this movie which made me. Yeah, I think Scott Derrickson in this one, like he did in the Sinister, there are just these moments in it that are so creepy. They're kind of they're very different than the kind of creeped out you get in other movies that you watch, and it's just this real. He's ta- he taps into something primal that really freaks you out and gets under your skin and and disturbs you and and bothers you and is effectively scary. I think he pulls that off really well. That being said, it's hilarious to watch. I think this movie is a far better the movie than Doctor Strange Two, and the budget that he was given for Doctor Strange Two was probably something in the range of two hundred million. In this movie, probably something in the range of, you know, five to ten million. Who knows? But uh, in the, if it was in the double digits, it would have been in the low double digits for millions. Because this is one of those Blumhouse, uh, you know, where they use every where they go as low budget as possible, but it still has like a look of quality to it. This movie is based off of a short story written by Joe Hill, who, for those of you who don't know, is uh, one of the sons of Stephen King. And what's funny about Joe Hill using a pseudonym is Stephen King used to use the pseudonym of Richard Bachman. So he'd have his name Stephen King and then Richard Bachman at the same time on other books. And what I read about why he did that is because he wanted to sort of prove himself, whereas people would just read it not from just his name, but read it off of like the quality of his work. So... That's kind of that's probably what Joe Hill is doing. It's kind of a cool nickname. Joe Hill's also uh, the movie Horns is fantastic. Uh, that's a great one with Daniel Radcliffe. He's done he's done some cool stuff. He's got some great ideas. He's got a lot of his father's talent. He's really good at that like pulp kind of stuff too. Coming up with like unusual kind of like bizarre ideas and horror related. I think he's as good as his dad in a lot of ways. Um, may go check out some of his books because yeah, he's done some cool stuff. The Black Phone is currently on Peacock right now. They just added it to that. If you're in the mood for something that's really effectively creepy and scary, I would recommend doing a double feature of the first, not the second Sinister, because that's not nearly as good, but the first Sinister and the Black Phone. uh, Or, you know, you do a double feature of the Black Phone and then Horns, which is based off of another one of Joe Hill's books that Alexander Aja did, who was also a really cool director, a French director that did Mirrors and Crawl. Oh, High Tension. Yeah, High Tension. That was the one that... The first one that he did with the girl with the axe and all the crazy shit happened. And he find out it's in her mind at the end. Spoilers. I think enough time has passed. That's okay. Anyways, yeah, check this out. If you want to see something effectively scary, doesn't have any fat on it, has a unique premise, great villain. Uh, all the kid actors are great. Uh, just an all around really impressive low budget movie and another breath of fresh air for indie uh, low budget horror. So I hope to see more of this stuff coming. I'm going to look forward to more of uh, you know Scott Derrickson's lower budget movies. I really dig those. I really dug Sinister a lot. Also, Ethan Hawke proves to be a lot of the stuff that he's in. He makes cool, interesting choices for the, for the movies that he's in. Uh, and Joe Hill. Look forward to seeing more stuff that's based off of his. Yeah, so anyways, check this out. You can't go wrong as a horror fan for this movie here. All right, well, that's it for this week. We will see you next time on the Dead Harvey Podcast. And until then, stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors.